Welcome back, or welcome at all, to Parent Q Live. This is Carlos Whitaker and Kristen Ivy. We're together. We're together again. Oh my gosh, friend, how have you been? Yeah, reunited, and it feels so good. Reunited. I, I have begun to get a little bit lonely on this <laughs> podcast. They, for those of you guys that don't know, they basically stick me in a closet uh, <laughs> at the or at the Parent Q headquarters. Uh, at the top of um, one of the uh, sky rises in downtown Atlanta, where we uh, record this. Just kidding. That's not. That's not really where it is. But Kristen, I've just been alone, and thank you for coming. Here back. we are. Yes. We're gonna excited we're, about the conversation today. Listen, this this conversation. I don't know if there's some music we can play, like a, I don't know some frightening music that we can play behind, because this is a this is we've we've never gone here before, like no. where we're about to go. I know, and so we're back again together to talk about something that's kind of awkward sometimes. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, it's it's super. Not only is it awkward, um, but it's um, it's strangely, I don't like. I'm scared of it. Like it's that kind of thing you don't know how to talk about. Yeah. Or you don't really talk about it with your friends. Yeah. You you don't want to talk about it with your friends. You don't. You don't really want to talk about it with with like a spouse. Yeah. Because it's awkward a lot. Yeah, and you just don't know, like, can I really say that? How much can I say? Can I can I show somebody? Like <laughs> <how> <laughs> 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 Maybe it's a good time to tell the listener what we're talking about. I, I, we're, we're talking about money today. <laughs> and it's, it's awkward. You don't want to show anyone your money, your finances. <laughs> FYI, just so you know, yeah. you, can turn the, you can turn the podcast back on now. Um, we're talking about money today, and we we set it up that way only because, um, you know, it is as funny or not funny, whatever you think uh, that was, it's true. Like, yeah. Well, even when you're having a conversation with our kids, sometimes, you know, my kids will say something, and, and my husband and I will look at each other like, well, do we tell them how much? Like, if they ask how much our car costs, I'm like... I, we don't normally share that kind of information right. with people, but the kid wants to know, but then are they going to tell their friends? And is that a positive or yeah. a negative? Yeah. We just have so much baggage around this idea there of money. Is, there, there's a lot of, lot of baggage, a lot of it from, you know, when we were growing up, when the listener was growing up, you know, a, a lot of, I mean, really the way we interact with it is based a lot on, you know, how our parents interacted with money. Yeah. And it's parent cute. Absolutely. And you know, there's just some interesting stuff when it comes down to parenting your kids to understand how to deal with money. Yeah, and and we're we're gonna we're gonna get into that today. We have a and we'll actually talk about our host in just a second. Um, but money's an interesting thing, and I thought that maybe we could ask each other a couple questions um, about money. <laughs> All right. And I want to let you know I'm not the I'm not the money guy in my family. No, nope, me neither. Oh, really? So no, yeah. Oh shoot. <laughs> It's a good thing we have a guest coming uh, it's on. It's a good thing we, because we're not experts. My wife is; she's the one that pays the bills, and she's the one that um, um, monthly budget, monthly budget, finance. Yeah, it's her. And so I am. I'm really excited about today's episode, so I can learn myself. But now that I realize that we're both amateurs when it comes to knowing <laughs> about money, why don't let, let's ask each other a couple questions? I'm going to okay. try to stump you. Okay? Great. I'm going to go first. Okay. True or false? Paper money is actually made from paper. Oh, I mean, it, it looks like paper, but it doesn't f- 
feel like it doesn't tear mm. like paper i'm gonna say true false oh let me tell you and listener listen you can stump somebody on this i just stumped Kristen ivy currency is three quarters cotton cotton and one quarter linen i had no idea isn't that crazy no i had no idea you could you could wear it you're yeah. Your money. I want a money. I want a money. You want a money outfit. dress. You want a money dress. Well, if there's any listeners out there that sew and can pull this off, Crystal will take one dollar bills. So it really it could be fifty dollars worth of worth the bills. A money scarf. A money scarf. <laughs> even I'll take a money beanie. Okay. You know, yeah. if you'd like. Uh, yeah. So who knew? I thought it was paper. Yeah. Because you mean, can rip it. No, it's three quarters cotton, one quarter linen. So I have a true or false for you as well. Oh, okay. True or false. An only child is more likely to receive an allowance than a kid with three or more siblings. Say that again. An only child uh-huh. is more likely huh. to receive an allowance than a kid with three or more siblings. I'm going to say false. Oh, you're right. I am? Okay. I didn't stump you. Actually, yeah, yeah. families with a higher number of children are more likely to give their kids an allowance, and only children are the least likely to receive an allowance from their parents. Really? Followed by families with just two kids. Let, so let's the more be kids you have, yes, the more allowance. The more allowance. Because, listen, an only kid, <laughs> they're getting spoiled. I, 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 had, I had friends that were only kids. They didn't need an <laughs> they allowance. They didn't need an allowance. They had it they, already. They, they, their life was an allowance. <laughs> so uh, that was good. That, that was good. Okay. Ready? Here's one for you. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. How many times can you fold a bill Back and forth before it tears. Before it tears? Before it tears. Oh, before so like tears. you fold it you fold and then you it, fold it again. Fold it in, fold it Do in, you crease it, it every yes, time you, you fold cre- it? You're creasing that bad boy. Ben Franklin right across. Somebody right across studied his nose. this? <laughs> how many Is it consistent? How many licks does it take to get to the to the middle of a Tootsie Roll pop? Somebody somebody has done this. Two hundred. Four thousand. Whoa. 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 That is some strong <laughs> cotton that, linen blend. That is why it's cotton and linen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right. uh, uh, that, that's all I have. I don't know if you have anything else. Or... I have one more. Okay, the okay. average class of 2016 graduate has how much student debt? Oh. So I'm assuming, obviously, this is 2016 college graduate. Um, how much does the average student have in man. debt? I, I, I can only base this off of the debt I'm still paying. <laughs> Sorry, Dave Ramsey. Um, I can only base it off that. So I don't know. I'm going to say 20, 20 grand. A little higher. 25. $37,172 of debt. Really? College is not necessary. Listen, guys, if you're listening to this (laughs) and you're thinking about going to college, don't pay for it. You can trade school. There's all kinds. No, I'm just... that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That is a lot Which of is money. part of why it's important to have this conversation, right? We we all want kids who can pay for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And with kids that under, just really understand it. I mean, m- money um, takes some understanding. And thank God it's not up to Kristen and myself to help you guys with this. We actually have a, uh, a guest on the show today who's a friend of Parent Q, uh, Lee Jenkins. Uh, Lee is a, he's just an expert on money. He's been on all the shows, all the networks, CNN, Fox, um, makes everybody happy. Okay. Um, and he's also the senior pastor of Eagle's Nest Church in Roswell, Georgia. Uh, and he wrote a book called On Money. And so th- it's actually, no, I'm, 
take that back. It's Lee Jenkins on money. So uh, the guy knows a little bit about money. And Kristen, you had a conversation Yes, he knows all the things about money. So I'm so excited for us to get a listen and hear everything that Lee has to say about how to raise our kids to really have some financial responsibility. Here we go. Lee, thank you so much for joining us here today. Great to be here. Um, now, you worked in the world of finance. Tell us just a little bit about your work there, um, what your journey looked like. Well, I was trained on Wall Street. Uh, when I got out of my football career, I played uh, for football at the University of Tennessee, and then I got drafted by the New York Giants, so my childhood dream came true uh, to be in professional football. And not only was it a childhood dream for me to play pro football, but it was a childhood dream because I knew pro football players made a lot of money. (laughs) And so uh, I got a chance to be in the NFL, but it only lasted one year. NFL for me meant not for long because (laughs) it did not last long at all. So I was introduced to the whole world of finance when I was with the New York Giants. Because right across the street was the great city of New York and Wall Street. And I just became very intrigued about how that stuff worked. And so when I got out of football, I decided that I wanted to go into the financial industry. And I wanted to uh, be knowledgeable about stocks and bonds and Wall Street and the economy. Now, I had a little knowledge of it because I uh, minored in business administration in college. But in terms of how it actually worked in in real world, uh, I wasn't that knowledgeable. So I was introduced to this big world of finance, uh, about 23 or 24 years old, and it just intrigued me. And then I found out that uh, it was not only a subject that people talked about in everyday life, it was a subject that is uh, talked about a lot in the Bible. Hmm. Uh, In fact, there are over 2,350 verses uh, in the Bible that deal with how to handle money and possessions. Wow. So uh, so it's just an area that I've v- been very interested in. What was the biggest thing that you learned or the biggest surprise to you when you first started working on Wall Street? Well, the biggest surprise was how greedy people are. <laughs> yes. Money magnifies who we are. Hmm. And it brings out the best in us or the worst in us. And I found out that you can't really satisfy greed if you have that as a as a driver in your mm. life so because there people would always say well I can always make more money or more more mm. more so what I what I found out when I started working in the financial business is that you really had to have financial integrity mm. you had to have an end goal you had to have something that you were trying to achieve you had to have a very clear objective because if you didn't that world would eat you alive. So you just keep, you'd keep going and keep going, just trying to get more. That's right. More, more, more. Bigger cars, bigger houses, more of this, more of that. And, uh, wow. and you would never be satisfied. Now, is money the problem? Is money the main thing? <laughs> no, money is really just a symptom of the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is what we call uh, discontentment or mm-hmm. the lack of contentment. 
You know, uh, the Apostle Paul said it in Philippians. He says, I have learned to be content. He says, I know how I know how to live with a full stomach and I know how to live with an empty stomach. But the incredible word he used, he said he has learned how to be content. It is a learning process from us, uh, for us from childhood to uh, to adulthood. So um, what I saw is that money is not the real problem. But it is how we think about money, how we think about ourselves, and um, and really, are we are we content or not with who we are, where we want to go? And a lot of that is played out through how we feel about money and how we use it. Wow, that's incredible. Now we're a parent podcast, so we got to turn this conversation a little bit to parenting because there's so many questions here. I just want to lean in and ask as it relates to finances, but. When it comes to parenting, I'm just going to be honest with you, more than any other thing in parenting, I just have this sense that this is the issue every single parent cares about. And and I say that maybe from a selfish place because I just think every single parent on the planet wants ultimately for their kid to grow up and pay for themselves. Right. So yes. finance matters because someday we're hoping, you know, whether that's 18 or 25 or 32 or eventually somewhere in there, we hope that our kids can start paying for themselves. And so uh, it's just baked in to parenting to have this as a topic that we care about and we want to talk about. But is that all it is? Is that the ultimate goal that we should have for our kids? <laughs> well, for most parents, that is the ultimate goal. <laughs> it's called financial independence or yeah. financial responsibility yeah. because we take care of these children most of their lives. Well, at least, you know, the first 18 to yeah. maybe 20 something yeah. years old. <laughs> and we want them to be able to be uh, independent, to be able to be self-sufficient And then for them to be able to do the same thing we did to them, to their children one day. But if they don't learn it when they are children, Mm -hmm. then it won't automatically uh, happen when they are an adult. Financial responsibility doesn't just happen. It, it, you have to be trained in how to handle finances. And one of the reasons you have to be trained is because we get so much misinformation mm-hmm. about finances throughout our journey as, as uh, children and, and, and as teenagers. What does that look like? What's, the, what's some misinformation that we hear? Well, it kind of depends on who you are around. But, but one of the misinformation uh, is uh, the more money you make uh, the more you spend Mm. so typically with children if we're not careful uh we won't we we have to purposely teach them about limits and about budgeting and about not going beyond Mm. what you have and so because the natural human desire Mm -hmm. is for more right and more candy, more <laughs> toys. <laughs> uh, yes. And, and, and believe it or not, you have to teach a child how to share. Yeah. How to save because those are countercultural disciplines. Yeah. I say all the time that candy's the currency of childhood. I <laughs> love that you brought that up. That's right. It really is. There's something about candy that just works for kids. It, it just works. So I have three kids. My kids are eight six and two years old so 
you say that, you know, financial responsibility is not going to just kind of fall down out of the sky and land on them someday. Um, but can we start doing some things now? Are they too young? What's how young? How young is too young to start? <laughs> That's a great question. And people ask me that all the time. And I have a really simple formula for them. Okay. You sit your child down and you put a quarter no matter what their age is, you mm-hmm. just put a quarter in front of them and you put a dollar in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you ask them, which one do you want? Yeah. When they are old enough to figure out that they would rather have that dollar mm-hmm. than that quarter. In other words, they mm-hmm. realize the value right. that that dollar has um, over the value of that quarter. Right. Then they're old enough to be taught about money. So once they're old enough to figure out the value of certain um, uh, pieces of money, I guess you could say, uh, certain aspects of it. So that for some children, that is, believe it or not, two or three years old. Yeah. (laughs) For most children, I'm going to say four to five years old is probably the sweet spot. Right about when they get money from the tooth fairy. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right around. So probably no later than five. Okay. And how do you, how do you start? So say they're five, say they've started to figure out the value of a dollar. Um, They understand, you know, that a dollar bill is more than a quarter. A $5 bill is more than a dollar bill. Where do you, where do you start? Yeah. A dime is more than a nickel and all that. (laughs) That one's tricky because the dime's small. Yeah, dime is small. Yeah, that was a tricky one right there. Yes. All right. So once they start figuring out the value, then you have to let them practice these Hmm. disciplines. Hmm. You can't just uh, talk to them about it because uh, for a child, they have to practice it. They have to do it and they have Hmm. to understand the consequences, even Hmm. at an early age of bad financial decisions Hmm. and good financial decisions. So you put them in a situation where you have them to practice. Mm -hmm. For instance, you uh, find out what they like. It could be candy, that's right, or popcorn or whatever it is, and you show them how much it costs, and and you you give them enough money, maybe uh, you're at a store or something, uh, to uh, to buy that, right? And more than likely, when they come up to a uh, a counter or a shelf, and they'll see a lot more that, that they want, you have to tell them, "Well, you only have enough money to mm-hmm. buy one Snickers bar." Right. That's all that this, you know, one dollar will right. do. Right. And then, if you give them the money to to satisfy their desire, you're really sending them. A, a tough message. So mm. what I'm saying is mm. the power of no. Yeah. The power of limitations. Mm-hmm. The power uh, of of having boundaries mm-hmm. financial financially is very important for a child. Yeah. So yeah. the first thing is to I mean I don't want to start this off negatively because you also want to teach them the power of uh, of dreaming and goal setting. Right. But the first thing you teach them are the power of boundaries. That's great. That there is not an unlimited amount of money. That's exactly. That right. there is a limit. Sometimes it's self-imposed, sometimes um it's just 
the way that it is. It's yeah, the reality. That's reality. And that's reality even if you end up making millions and millions right. of dollars or billions right. of dollars. Yeah. That's always a reality in everybody's life. Hmm. So we have to teach them that first reality. Now, as they get a little bit older, maybe they're in, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, middle school years. What are some more lessons that um, you would lean into parents and say, you know, as they get a little bit older, you can expand their financial knowledge in these ways? Okay, so you start off, you're teaching them boundaries, real basic things, that there is not an unlimited supply of of money (laughs) and and that you have to make some decisions. And sometimes you have to walk away from that candy counter and say, you know, no, (laughs) you can't, can't do it. All right. So once they become a little bit older, then it is time to start teaching them about financial uh, responsibility. In other words, how to get money. Mm, mm-hmm. So the, the first part is more management and management is throughout your you sure. know, the, the life, really, even as an adult. But, but now you want to start talking about earning and saving. Mm. So when they get seven, you know, let's say middle school, mm-hmm. middle school. Now you, you're, you're teaching them about responsibility of how to earn mm-hmm. and how to manage and how to save. So, uh, I call it, uh, earn and, uh, save and spend. Mm-hmm. So now you want to give them some jobs to do something that they can do to earn money. Can I just be honest with you for a second? My kids just had their first earn money experience and they, uh, set up a lemonade stand mm-hmm. and they think that they earned money but it just cost me more than they earned <laughs> to set up the stand and buy the lemonade i don't know where that weighs into yeah. financial responsibility <laughs> but yeah well sometimes you have to do that just so they can <laughs> feel good about their their effort and um I've done that before yeah, too. Yeah. You know, you spend more money <laughs> setting them up and they really don't make a profit. Oh no, it was a business investment on our side. That's right. So teaching a kid in middle school the earning, the uh, spending, and the saving, or actually earning, saving, spending hmm. concept is very important. And once they learn that, uh, they're really getting ready to, to grasp these principles that will take them all the way through adulthood. That's great. And then what about if you're looking at a parent who's in the high school years, they've got a limited number of weeks before their kid graduates, before they move on to whatever's next. What would you say are really practical things that they need to make sure their kid kind of understands before they're out of the house when it comes to finances? I'm going to make a statement, and it's very difficult to do this because our children are so busy with mm. sports and academics and extracurricular activities. But if possible, every child needs to work mm. before they get out of high school. Now, mm. it doesn't have to be uh, for months uh, or even weeks, mm-hmm. but they need to get in an environment where they need to show up at a certain time and leave mm. and earn money for that. Mm. Um, and so that's something that I believe every parent needs to do. Uh, and of course you can do it in the summertime sure. or whatever. Sure. Uh, the second thing is a parent, when they get in high school, 
you give them the opportunity to earn money, mm -hmm. but then you have to give them an opportunity to manage it mm. on their own with you taking your hands off. That's scary. That's scary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is very scary. Yeah. So, and, and you don't, because again, if you're telling them everything, you, you want them to start feeling some of the consequences yeah. of maybe some bad decisions they may, may make that they may make or some of the good decisions that they may make. And I just think, I think about the conversations that uh, I, I needed someone to have with me even in my own journey back in those, in that time, because I graduated high school and I had to have gotten, I mean, no less than a hundred credit card applications yes. coming my way in my mailbox. It was like, here's, uh, college you might want to sign up for and here's a credit card company every time I went to my mailbox every single yeah. time because there must be something about the age of 17 or 18 that credit card companies <laughs> they just come after you that's right so they yeah. do that at 17 or 18 and certainly when a uh, person goes to college mm -hmm. I mean, they're inundated with uh, credit card offers right and seems like that limit you know they're telling you now you can spend this many dollars um, I watched a number of my friends Assume that that means you can spend this many that's dollars, right? right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, there is one more thing that can help a high schooler with their finances. Mm. Once a child gets about 17 or 18, the parent needs to sit down with them and share a, about their personal journey mm. with finances. That's great. Now, here's the deal. Some people's personal journeys aren't that good. And so many parents don't want to do this because they're either embarrassed about some of their decisions. So they feel like, well, I only want to share that if it's mm -hmm. something good. <laughs> yeah. But believe it or not, even the bad can prepare that, that teenager for adulthood financially. Mm. So I think we throw in the good mm -hmm. and the bad. And if there is mostly bad, it's still okay because they can learn what not to do. Mm, that's so good. Mm -hmm. I love that. There's so many conversations, especially uh, with kids who are going off to college or they're getting a first job right out of high school. Um, finance is such a big piece of what that early adulthood period of time looks like. Um, so what are some of your favorite resources? You've been talking about this and working on this for a long time. What are resources that you've found that you would recommend to parents when it comes to raising kids with financial responsibility? Wow. There is a um, ministry called Crown Financial that has some good stuff on children, and it's more curriculum-based. It's just good stuff. Of course, anything Dave Ramsey does, uh, he does some things with children. Um, but for, for the most part, um, well, I have a book out called, um, it's been out for many, many years. It's called Lee Jenkins on Money. Okay. And I have a section in there about children and young adults. Great. And can we find that on Amazon? You sure can. can. Okay. You can find it on Amazon, Lee Jenkins on Money. On Money. Yep. Um, but there are uh, really just, you know, Googling things, children and money. There's just some phenomenal uh, articles out there um, and some uh, foundations that really uh, de have dedicated themselves to kind of teaching people about this area at a young age. That's great. Yeah. And if you were to just, we got listeners with kids of all ages tuned in right now. 
And if you could tell them one thing this week to just get real practical and say, what's the one thing every parent could do this week just to raise the bar a little bit on raising their kids to have financial responsibility, what would you say? I would say, and by the way, that's a tough question, (laughs) only because there are so many things we could do. But if I had to say one thing, I would um, invite the children into the uh, decision-making process Mm -hmm. about something Mm -hmm. uh, with your financial life. For instance, um, my children came to me and they said, well, Dad, um, how much does this house cost? (laughs) Now, most parents, we just don't share that kind of stuff. Right. How much does this car cost? Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons we don't, because we don't want the kids maybe to think we're like super rich, because right. <laughs> because a three hundred thousand dollar house, right, to a fifteen year old, mm-hmm. sounds like wow, three hundred thousand. But what they don't know many times is how you get or how many people get a $300,000 house. Mm -hmm. And it's called a mortgage. Mm -hmm. And it's called a loan, and you have to make payments. So what I would say, find an area in your life, either your car, food, Mm -hmm. house, clothes, just pick an area and start educating that child with... uh, how much it cost mm. and we just asked him how much do you think this costs yeah and so that's i would say let's do that just pick an area and teach them about that area and the um the energy and uh, and all that has to go into this beautiful thing that we enjoy called food <laughs> <laughs> clothes yeah. shelter whatever it is does that Absolutely. make sense? It does. It, it definitely does. I know early on we had a conversation similar to that one related to a trip to Disney. Yes, <laughs> Our kids yes, decided they wanted to go on a vacation, and the explanation um, very quickly spiraled into, well, we're – we pay a mortgage and we pay for our electricity and we pay for our gasoline and our groceries. And so something like a trip to Disney is, is saved for overtime out of the excess of what's not spent on that. So, I mean, having those conversations, I think, um, of course, then they started to monitor and budget for us. (laughs) Maybe we could spend less on these groceries and put Mm -hmm. more in that vacation fund but I think those are very very healthy conversations to have yeah so I guess what I'm saying is invite the child Mm -hmm. into an area of your life and and allow them to feel some of the weight Mm. that's great Yeah, just allow them just a little bit of it but allow them to feel some of the weight and the responsibility that's great well thank you so much for having this conversation with us Lee You've given us so much to think about and to go home and take away practically. We can't wait to have you back again soon. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Super, super practical information coming from Lee Jenkins. Uh, Kristen, thanks for having that conversation with them, amiga. Of course. I Anytime I get a chance to talk to Lee, it's fun. I learn something new that I want to implement right in my own house. Yeah. I mean, this week's cue is so practical. It is. Look for anything, any area of your life, whether that's car, clothes, house, whatever, and 
look for ways to start educating your child around how much things cost. Just help them feel the weight and the responsibility to know that, hey, the things that we have in our life, they cost us money. They do. And you know what, Carlos, right as we were getting ready to jump into this podcast, you told me something that I thought was really impressive and I'd never even heard of before about how you guys do this in your house. Yeah, we, um, you know, my wife actually follows um, a couple, I hate even use the word mommy bloggers because just, I don't know, it sounds so yucky. <laughs> <laughs> but but this one lady in particular that she follows really had gave us an idea that we started implementing when my, my daughters were 10 years old. So when my... My kids are 10 years old. Um, they begin to, to pay for really everything that is their personal stuff. So, so like, give us examples. So like, what are personal? Toothpaste. They pay for their own toothpaste. Makeup. Um, let's see. Uh, toothpaste, makeup. Any, obviously, anything going out with friends. Um, clothes. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, like, shoes. Like, my kids at 10 years old begin paying for all of it. So and it's so gone beyond just talk about how much your shoes cost to oh, like, they, they know. know how they, much they, they cost. They, my, my, my daughters who are now 15 and 13, like my 13 year old, she, she, she knows exactly when target things go on sale. She knows, um, when one Nordstrom's rack has a sale compared to the other one. Like, so how does that work when myself. one daughter bought the shirt at target yeah. and the other daughter oh. can share it? Yeah. There, there, there there's not, there's, there is there is so little sharing involved in our home, um, you know. So I mean, they're, they're buying their own. Toothpaste. So sharing is a different podcast. Yes, that's a different <laughs> podcast. Like so, so, so my thirteen year old will, will she's very responsible when it comes to this kind of stuff. Not that the fifteen year old isn't, but there's just one that's more right yep. responsible. And you know, if if one child starts borrowing without saying that they're borrowing, and then suddenly half the toothpaste is gone, like we know, and they've got to go with their money and 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 buy. And so so again. We're, we're giving our kids a, a, a hefty allowance, right? Yeah. So, so they're they're um, so they're able to buy their toothpaste. Able to buy, so we basically we looked at our we looked at the budget. We looked at how much we were spending. We started doing the math. It took a little bit of work on the on the front end, uh, but now we're giving our kids enough money to where they can they're paying for everything. So we, we don't ever pay for our kids. We don't pay for any of that stuff. Now me, you know, this is really all. I mean, one hundred percent Heather Whitaker. This is her. Her now, when you did know. you start doing that? How old were your kids? Ten years old. So, so we started uh, the girls at. I actually, Santa May started at eight. So when Sohela turned ten, we did both of them. Uh, Losiah just started last year, and he, he's got a, a Ziploc baggie with tons of cash, <laughs> and so like he looks like a drug dealer. And <laughs> yesterday, but it's because he's got to get a toothbrush. Yeah. Well, yesterday <laughs> we were at Starbucks, and you know, we stopped at Starbucks, and everyone wanted a drink, and in my head, I'm thinking, I'm just going to pay for the drink. Yeah. My wife's saying, no, 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 they, they buy their own stuff. And Losiah pulled out it. He ordered whatever his drink was, pulled out. It had to been a hundred bucks worth of ones just kind of <laughs> rolled up. And I'm like, this woman's like looking at me like, but they're, they're paying for, they're paying for everything. And it, it really has gotten them to, to a point now, you know, my daughters have their own debit cards now. And so they're, you know, they're, they're cashless. They're in the cashless system. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they know how to use it all. That's it's, amazing. It's really cool. That's really amazing. Cool. Sawyer's still bitter that I made him buy his own Christmas presents last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me it cost him yeah. all his savings. <laughs> but here, here it is. At, at the end of the day, Sawyer now knows. Like, like there's weight right. to it now, right? Like, right. He gets it, and <laughs> my kids get it. They understand how much toilet paper is. Yeah, so that's amazing. I, we we actually make them buy their own toilet paper for their bathroom. We you don't buy the. To- we you don't gotta save up for that. You don't want to run out. No, no. And the the, the girls now are paying attention. <laughs> hey, 
Only two sheets, please. <laughs> no, none of this, none of this rolling it off. None of this rolling it off. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's how we do it. Well, that's that is such a practical thing. I think for any parent, wherever you are in this conversation, we would love to hear your ideas yes. about how you're having the conversations, the awkward conversations about money to raise your kids in yeah. financial awareness. Absolutely. And 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 what we'll do is. Um, there's actually uh, an organized way that my family does this this thing. Maybe we can stick in the show notes uh, a link to the blog where we learned about uh, how to do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stick that in there. So you guys can head over to theparentq.org slash episode 48. Uh, and, and there'll be a recap. There'll be show notes. There'll be links, all kinds of stuff. You guys can get in touch with Lee Jenkins and, and get his resources as well. So as always, guys, thank you guys so much for hanging out with Christina and myself um, if this podcast has helped you in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and leave us five stars on all of the podcast websites and share this episode with your friends. For Kristen Ivey, I'm Carlos Whitaker saying we will see you guys next time on Parent Q Live. <laughs>